Welcome, welcome to the inaugural first episode of the Soft Dump in the Corner podcast. Welcome one, welcome all. Jordan Trafford doing this today on October 10th, 2019. So, big start to the NHL season. I mean, for the most part, a little bit shocking. Uh, quite a few teams up in the top five that uh, I would argue we wouldn't expect to see that over a week ago. Sure, we're a little over a weekend, fourth, you know, some teams only three games here i can see but carolina at the top buffalo at the top edmonton boston anaheim your top five round out by teams that arguably shouldn't have expected to be there um you know carolina is a team that you look at that had some very very strong success last year out of a lot of key pieces uh over the last year and this season uh summer excuse me one of those teams that could just Find ways to win games. I mean, for the most part, you look at the way that they just shut teams down. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, perfect example the other night against Tampa Bay, I believe. Second period or s- third period? Doesn't matter. I think Tampa was outshot 16 to 17 to nothing in the period. And I mean, high scoring offense, team that you wouldn't expect to, you know, be shut out so extensively. But Carolina Hurricanes, man, it's one of those teams where you just got to keep an eye out for. Um, again, Buffalo, Edmonton, both teams, uh, they're going to have tough seasons. I think what we're looking at right now is certainly not going to be the norm. Uh, obviously, Buffalo playing in that extremely tough Atlantic division, Toronto, Boston, you know, all those teams that you're playing against six, seven times a year that is going to be extremely tough, right? If you can come out 500 against teams like Boston, Toronto, uh, you know, who are the other big dogs in there, it's tough, right? You're playing against a lot of fast teams, very, very skilled, need to put the, you know, the puck in the back of the net if you're going to win and you're playing against teams that can do that on a consistent basis. It's going to be very, very difficult to maintain that and I'd like to see what Buffalo can do. I, I think they could be an interesting wild card position this year and, and maybe make the playoffs. If not, I, I certainly think they could be very, very close and challenge for a spot. You know, Edmonton, again, being in there, I'll, I'll touch on them in a moment. But one of those teams, again, we didn't know what to expect. They have your high-end players, your superstar players, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, the addition of James Neal is starting to look out like a bit of a steal for the trade from Lucic's perspective from uh, Calgary. Again, having said that, it's a long season, but uh, let's dive into a few stats that I just found interesting. Um, I mean, for the most part, some of the things that are standing out to me, obviously, being your teams. Teams that you wouldn't expect to be at the top, teams that you wouldn't expect it to be at the bottom. Some of the things that stand out to me for the most part is the speed of the game this year over last year. Absolutely incredible how fast the puck is moving this year. Again, we saw that later towards the end of the season and certainly into playoffs, the importance of getting the puck out of your zone fast. You're really starting to notice the players that can't keep up, that can't get that first pass on the tape and get that puck out of the zone. You're seeing those players sitting on the bench toward the end of the game, and it's not something that we would be used to before. Those shutdown D-men were always liable, or sorry, excuse me, were always available to be out on the ice at that time, and you would expect them to be out there to shut down other teams. 
perfect segue into shutting down other teams. How about some power play stats? So top five, this shocked me. I, I looked at this number and I, I couldn't believe it. I looked into it a little bit more and you kind of realize why, right? So top five, read out your top fives. Uh, number one, the Rangers at 60% firing. The addition of Panarin is certainly paying off. Uh, Trouba on the back end is certainly a little bit more offense that they can add to creating a little bit of a higher power play percentage, getting a little bit more opportunity, creating more chances. Do I see that team be a continuing that percentage? Absolutely not. Uh, there's some talented players in the lineup, but I don't see them being as depth defensively um, as well as Lundqvist. You know, obviously he's a superstar goaltender, but if you're going to allow 30 plus shots on him every single night, it's tough to play him 60 games and expect those wins. Right. So realistically, the, uh, you know, the Rangers at the percentage they are scoring as many goals as they are. I'd love to see it if they can continue on and get a little bit more depth scoring from your criders and, you know, even if you can get capo cackle going a little bit uh, i don't think there's too too high of expectation on him this year other than to you know solidify himself into a potential top six uh if not even getting power play minutes creating some production out there that's going to help the team score some more goals uh second here buffalo 53 percent. i mean you look at some of the guys on that team and you can understand why uh jack eichel obviously leading the way absolutely incredible you look at what that guy can do with the puck on his stick is it's incredible and the speeds that he can do it at the vision he has on the ice is it's exceptional uh and then you had your your goal scorers in skinner and the way that reinhardt's been able to produce over the last arguably 30 40 games uh dating back to last season he's certainly taken a step forward in the last little while uh you know another year of experience of rasmus delene is 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 incredible this kid is a freak he's absolutely incredible to watch the skating the edge work how smooth he is the way he moves the puck is is certainly there is a reason why people are talking and it's uh starting to really show and that power play is looking pretty scary especially with Olofsson on the right side there I mean score your first four or five goals in the NHL all being on the power play is pretty impressive but if you can get a guy and if you can watch the way that he sees the vision out there too, I can see that guy scoring another, you know, five, 10 more power play goals, just based on the fact of they have so many options, the way that they can move the puck is incredible. You can say that about a lot of the teams the way nowadays, the way that they move the puck around and, and certainly open up and create a little bit more space. But you look at some of the way that these young kids can open up the lanes and see things a little bit differently than your traditional cross ice one-timer and um, you know obviously teams are going to adapt to that so it's early in the season and I think we should go from there but you know again rounding out the top five Chicago Philly Pitt uh, excuse me Fikili and Columbus Chicago not so much a shocker Patrick Kane just out there doing what Patrick Kane does Debrinket's going to be a stud making sure he knows everybody made a mistake not taking him thinking he was too small that guy can bury the puck philly columbus i mean philly you look at what some of those young kids are doing in there as well connecting taking a huge step forward uh is big for them provorov on the back end i mean you look at some of those guys katerie arguably going to be a selkie uh you know 
up for the Selkie Award uh, just about every year going forward now. Him and Bergeron. Uh, incredible two-way forwards. You obviously are led by your Claude Giroux and, and Voracek there. Uh, absolute great people to have in the room for those young cat, you know, young guys there. They're going to be extremely beneficial for them, especially this season, getting them a little more comfortable with their feet, getting you know a little more touches, so to speak. Um, I think they've got a real good potential to you know create a good squad there this year and challenge for a playoff spot. I don't think they're there. Uh, I think the back end does need a little bit of work. Um, can't you know keep the puck out of your zone sometimes when you're not uh, you're not getting there first to the puck so yeah, a couple f couple players there could certainly uh take a step forward and, and prove me wrong um you know looking at a few playable like travis sandheim uh for the most part oscar, oscar lindblom uh, like I, I touched on connect me some real real good talent um under the under the youth there and then i mean obviously the biggest piece of all arguably carter hart signed through 21 uh 22 there so i mean if you can get solid production out of carter hart for the next couple of years and you see those you know the younger kids take uh, you know a step forward maybe you get a little bit of cap shut off there uh few people in particular Niskin and making a little bit more money maybe than they'd like a little bit of an overpayment for JVR to bring him back home but a guy that can arguably put the puck in the net 30 times a year be a good leader play power play minutes guy's not going to hurt you out there um yeah again looking at a few of these things here though I mean Toronto Washington San Jose what are you doing with your power play I mean, you look at from the last couple seasons, arguably between Washington and San Jose have been in the top 5-10 easily. Toronto, arguably, if not the best, one of the best power plays in the league. They're all clicking very, very low. You're going to expect to see those get up. Guys, you're talented, way too talented on these rosters when you see Tavares, Marner, Matthews out there working the puck with Riley or uh, Tyson Bear. I mean, these guys are going to start to find that chemistry, realize what works, what doesn't work. But again, you see guys uh, like Kuznetsov coming back for Washington, which is going to be an absolute huge jump. Uh, shocking number actually sitting out to me. That stood out to me, excuse me. Washington has the lowest shots against per game played. Four games, get that very, very small sample size. For a team that is looked at as so offensively gifted and, you know, arguably doesn't want to play that defensive end, it's incredible when you look at that statistic. And then ultimately, too, they have four of the top 10 players in terms of Corsi rating. Now, you know, looking at those players, John Carlson, Jonas uh, Siegenthaler, butchered that, Tommy Wilson, and then rounding out the top 10, Mr. Alex Ovechkin, getting it done at both ends of the ice. Now, we saw this obviously come to play arguably in the cup run, right? The way that Ovi was just able to take over. He was an absolute threat on the ice every single time he was out there 
with or without the puck. Uh, you could see, especially in the final series, every time the you know the D men touched the puck, Ovi was all over him. Um, the whole team was all over him. Ovi certainly took over, put the team on his back, and made sure that you know they understood the opportunity they had and to take advantage. Ever since, we've seen just a completely different hockey team. A team that's willing to go out there for everybody and stand up and to, you know, get that block shot, to make sure you put in that extra little bit of effort. You're starting to see a little bit of that, you know, norm change a little bit in the sense of what players are understanding they need to do to get the job done. Um, you know, and again, for the top 10, Corsi, right? Making sure that you're taking care of the defensive zone, moving that puck out, um, getting it up the ice quicker. If the puck's not in your zone, you're not getting shot, uh, shot against. You're not getting scored on, right? So when you can get that puck out of your zone quicker, such, such a big difference. Uh, again, Siegenthaler. I mean, you look at this kid, 22, drafted second round, uh, you know, played 26 games last year. Um, for the most part, solid D-man. That's what they're going to be getting out of these young kids. Um, they need that. They need you know, that, that D-man that's going to be able to get that puck up quickly to Kuznetsov, Backstrom, get the get the puck into those guys' stick because they're going to be able to make that magic. And the guys that they have that can score goals on that team is is incredible between Ovi and, you know, Oshi can bury the puck. Varon is starting to get a name in the league where he can score goals. Young kid, incredibly uh, gifted as well. Uh, I mean, you look at this team, there's, there's no reason why they couldn't potentially make a run for it again this year. Um, again, with all the experience that they have now, and then the leader of, of Ovechkin is, is clearly starting to become one of the better in the league. So that's a team that you could certainly watch out for. And then, you know, again, San Jose, what what is going on? I mean, 0-4, Martin Jones, are you in the net? Are you afraid to stop the puck? I mean, realistically, I'm not worried about him. The division they're in certainly gives them opportunity to win a few more games and arguably a few other teams. Um, they're just so deep. You know, obviously, with the loss of Pavelski, I think that's a big adjustment for them, uh, not just on the ice, but in the dressing room as well. When you lose that voice of your leader or leaders, um, it, it adds up. You need to find some time to get chemistry with some new players. You need to understand new systems. You need to understand... You know, new players, new new teammates. So I think San Jose is going to be just fine. They'll round it out. Not a big deal. Probably finish top the Pacific. Um, but for the most part, just getting clicking again. Uh, this signing of Marlowe is certainly, in my opinion, going to help uh, add a little bit of depth, add a little bit more speed. Uh, I mean, we don't need to say he's uh, not uncomfortable with the environment because... Well, that speaks for itself. I mean, I'm sure they'll welcome, you know, Marlowe back with open arms. And I could see it being a solid additional piece to that bottom, you know, six, so to speak. Maybe some power play minutes. I still think there's some value in there. And I also think bringing back a leadership presence like, like Marlowe is going to be huge for that room. Uh, getting a few of those kids, you know, comfortable again and playing, you know, 
um, Mike Babcock hockey, so to speak. Um, you know, trying limiting as many mistakes as possible, being comfortable with with you know what you're doing out there, and and understanding your role. Um, again, for Toronto, Washington, San Jose, some of those teams that are having a tough time with their power play. I don't think we need to so much worry about it. The way that they can move the puck around, uh, the way that they can shoot the puck with some of the players that they have, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll see all teams, all three of these teams inside the top ten. That's a bold, not a bold comment, but I think that we can uh, agree that the percentages that they're performing at right now are certainly far too low. Um, again, quick stat here: 17 goals against through four games for San Jose. Again. Martin Jones, or where are you? I'm looking. At, I can't see you. I don't get it with that back end. I mean, sure, you might be expecting a little more offense than defense when you get uh, your Eric Carlson's of the world and, and even Brent Burns. I mean, he can produce offensively, but he's a freak at both ends. Absolutely incredible two-man D-man. Uh, but again, I mean, the, the loss of Evander Kane for three games, that's huge. I mean, that guy brings such an presence to the lineup where you can score goals he's intimidating he will get out there um would have been absolutely incredible to watch him uh in the first two games against vegas uh between him and revo it adds such an element to the game that brings the players up to a whole new leather uh and I, again you know when you add that presence out there you have someone out there that keeps you on your edge that keeps you looking it certainly is a big difference and I think that the loss came for the first three games. I think the Sharks didn't necessarily have their identity. Um, and I think that we'll start to see that pan out. Again, like I said, you, you get a little more comfortability in your hurdles and Myers of the world who have to finally take that step up from not, you know, being or, or sorry, from from being not expected to carry the load as much. Uh, obviously, like I said, with the departure of Pavelski, uh, it's certainly a big void to fill in the top six, uh, and not an easy void by any means. That guy can score 30 goals every year, two-way forward, win you face-offs, play PK, incredibly crucial for any hockey team. Um, not totally shocked he hasn't had a great start with Dallas. I think you'll see that guy really get comfortable, step into that room, uh, and and start to turn that thing around. They're off to a pretty poor start themselves, uh, which is a little surprising. Having said that, again, a couple new faces in their lineup that are uh, expected to perform that maybe haven't so much done so yet. Um, like I said, with Pavelski, Perry being on the IR still, um, I don't think you can expect too, too much from Corey Perry, but again... You look at some of those stories already in the NHL about players that maybe had a off year and have come back. Looking at you, James Neal. Um, again, so Dallas, I think, can 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 slowly step up. Um, maybe not so much slowly step. I certainly think that uh, the one and three start is is incredibly disappointing for them. Not to mention that one win came into overtime, uh, at which they turned it. Two and one against them, and a two and one for them, and Sagan scored a goal. So uh, they could almost be zero and four, uh, or you know, three one. So again, a lot of teams that are certainly underperforming, a lot of teams that are overperforming. Uh, start of the season, that's what we're here to expect. Um, speaking of expectation, Florida, what are you doing, Bobrovsky? I mean. 
shit, man, you must have a hell of a summer. 10 mil, seven years. Your numbers, 4.78859 save percentage. Junk. How are you going to win games like that? You're playing teams, like I said before, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. They love scoring goals. What are you doing? You're supposed to be one of the better two-way teams in the league. You've got a huge expectation to share. Again, three games. I'm over-exaggerating. I get it. Nine goals in three games, not that bad. You're going to win a few games like that if you can score three goals. But 14 goals against? I mean, come on, guys. You got one of the better, if not top two or three, two-way players, in the uh, two-way forwards, I should say, in uh, Barkov. Guys, absolutely incredible. Can't carry the whole team. Right, you got guys there that are supposed to be scoring goals that that maybe aren't. Again, a little bit of a chemistry thing, I'm sure. How long can you really use that for? Right? I mean, the guys you look at on their team, they're top six. They played together last year, right? Almost two years now. So you can't look at it that way. Why are they not scoring goals? What's going on? Um, personally, I don't think that back end is very good. Um, Sure, they had a really strong year last year. Incredible performance by Yandel throughout the season. I mean, bringing in Strawman is certainly going to help get that puck uh, out of the out of the zone quicker. Um, but you can just see in the in the first few games they just look a little slow. Um, whether it's the chemistry, whether it's just getting the the puck out of the zone, maybe it's just making poor decisions. Uh, I'm just not really seeing much out of that back end right now for Florida. Um, and then, like I said, there's just not getting those stops from Borowski, whether it's something that maybe he's not comfortable with his new decor yet or team as a whole, um, whether it's the style of play, hard to believe that with Quenville behind the helm. But again, I think that's another team that you should expect to turn around. But, oh, Aaron Becklaud, what are you doing? I mean rough man making very very poor decisions not the ones that got you the the pick that you were drafted at number one but again another player that probably being far too hard on and you look at to carry the load but again guys like that need to step up and, and certainly show after you know oh geez how long has he been in the league for now four or five years um that is that he's comfortable and that he that he can um shut down the other team's top pairings and unfortunately he just has not so so much been able to do so um you know last year i would argue his numbers certainly were were not entirely reflective of of the way he played as much as some of the players that he was playing with um aka playing with yandel the season that huberto and both and, and barkov had last year um you know wonder if these numbers are inflated um, you know, again, some of these teams that maybe we are over X, you know, putting too high expectation on, um, again, it's one of those things. I don't think Florida will, you know, necessarily make playoffs largely because of the teams they're playing against. Um, but I think there's a lot of issues right now with that back end, that defense and, 14 goals against in three games. 
Like I said, Bob Bobrovsky at 10 by 7, 70 mil on that contract, 4.788859. Yikes. That's a rough goal. Um, just a final top it up here. I mean, obviously my team, the Oilers, uh, I didn't have terribly high expectations, truthfully, coming into the season. Um the additions that they made are good and great. Didn't think there was anything to get overly excited about. Um, minus, you know, obviously the the big trade, um, which obviously is turning into the real steal, James Neal. I think at this point, uh, leading the league in goals, six goals through three games. I mean, jeez, four goals the other night. Everything was going in. I got to say, I mean, I couldn't sit down. Every time the guy was on his ice, I just felt like he was going to score. Um, you obviously get those games. I think the last time the Oilers had a four goal score was, you know, McDavid and you know, that, that, that fourth goal or whatever, wasn't, you know, necessarily the, the nicest goal. I'm sure he takes those, but, uh, it's always exciting when you can see your team have, uh, some pretty good success since it gets a team that was very, very strong defensively, certainly has some solid expectation this year in the Islanders. Um, the Oilers walked in and just walked over them. I mean, to go on the road and have a performance like that uh, didn't necessarily have the strongest third period. Uh, I thought, or I thought, excuse me, the the Oilers sort of let them get back into the game a little bit. Uh, I think the Islanders had a few unlucky bounces, certainly Beauvillier's post, uh, I believe, late uh, in the second or third Um you know, certainly was a game changer, uh, as well as too is that uh, disallowed goal late in the third. Those are the moments where we would expect as Oilers fans to watch another loss, right? You see that late goal come in and you're like, oh, here we go again. Chalk up another loss. You know they're coming around the Anaheim Ducks effect where you're up late and you know you're getting scored on. I didn't have that, right? I is one of the first times in, you know, quite a few years that I sat here and said, I don't think that the other team's going to score. I feel comfortable. I feel confident with the players that they can have out there. Uh, you don't have that traditional slow, big, slow center. Um, you know, that especially the Oilers have had, um, you know, I love them, but you know, you're Matt Hendricks, you're, you know, even two of last year, Kyle Brodzak, Brodzak, excuse me. Awesome players. Great players to have in the dressing room. Absolutely tremendous for the young guys. Can teach them a lot. This, unfortunately, is a much faster game. Uh, the players now need to be on their toes to be able to make those plays, be able to skate. Um, and, unfortunately, you're seeing a lot of those players start to slowly you know, dissipate from the league because it is a faster league. You need to be able to skate. You need to be able to to hang, uh, you know, with those players, or you're not going to see success. You're going to unfortunately see your weaknesses exposed, and it's going to be very, very evident. Um, which again leads me to my next point here: with the depth and speed. I mean, completely different team this year. Uh, when you add you know, Joachim Nygaard and you add your Thomas Yurchos, uh, Sheehan, even just a little bit more speed down on the lower end, um, or the bottom six, excuse me, for your center position, um, adding Gittin has as as well. I mean, that, that kid 
skates like the wind. Um, certainly needs a little bit of help defensively, much like, you know, many young players who come into league or players who, you know, played in a different league elsewhere um, prior to, uh, professionally, of course. Um, you, you see the differences, right? So there's a lot of players on the team that I think maybe are playing a little bit above expectation. Um, you know, James Neal obviously being one of them. Uh, I didn't necessarily think you know, Neil would take a huge step back um, from last year. I, I certainly don't see a bona fide 20 goal scorer scoring less than seven. Um, but I wasn't so much expecting him to get as many chances and look as comfortable as he does so early. Um, the biggest thing for me that I'm noticing right away is his positional play um, is allowing him to really open up the, the, the ice out there and, and allow for his teammates to see him and get his, his, you know, his stick down, get in the position he needs to to score those goals. And, and you're really seeing just how naturally gifted a guy like James Neal is and, and what he can bring. Um, so, again, I mean, one for one, Neal for Lucic, very, very early. Um but if you can get even, you know, half the production going forward that you've already seen, um, I think you're going to see an incredible difference this year uh, in the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but many teams as a whole, there, there certainly are plenty of teams out there that I think are going to uh, play above expectation. And um, I certainly think there are plenty of players as well that we're uh, starting to really see come out of their hole. And Drysaddle, one of them. I mean, holy. This guy is an absolute beast out there. You watch the way he protects the pucks, the way he, you know, visually reads the ice and what is happening out there. Knows exactly where anyone is at any time. I mean, I don't think you can say this is all McDavid's team anymore. Don't get me wrong. It's McDavid's team. But, I mean, this this kid is, this kid's good. Like... You watch the way that this kid can pass, the way that he can win face-offs, both sides of the ice, left side or right side, um, against teams' top defenders. Um, well, he, did, he did get worked the other night against um, L.A. and Kopitar. But, I mean, you look at a guy like Kopitar, who's been around a while, is very, very respected in the draws, and um, you almost want Drysdale to have nights like that. You want him to be motivated to get to practice and get better on face-offs um you know so you playing against guys like those and you know thinking bergerons and closure's ryan o'reilly's of the league you want to take face-offs against this against these guys as soon as you can start understanding and learning and you know becoming more successful in those you're going to get yourself out there for those chances you're going to see yourself out there late game you're going to be trusted by the coach and you're starting to see that with Dreisaitl. I mean, obviously, you're seeing him and Connor play, um, you know, PK. Not as much, uh, which personally I like to see. Um, under, you know, just knowing that you can actually trust other players to be out there. It's a huge, huge thing for uh, the mentality of not only the players, but for the coach and their trust, too. Um, and then that allows for, you know, Tippett to capitalize and getting McDavid and Dreisaitl out of there fresh after the PK. Uh, you know, likely playing against second or third line players, um, which is a matchup. And, you know, if you can get that matchup, if you can have Drysdale and McDavid out there at the same time, 
you're more likely than not going to have the puck in your own zone. And, you know, you're starting to see that with the confidence in Dreisaitl, um, you know, not, you know, having to, to rely on Connor to, to help him as well. He's driving his own offense. The way that this guy can move the puck, pass the puck, and, and skate. I think his skating is one of his underrated, you know, features of this player. And it's one thing to be able to, you know, keep up. Uh, but he's blowing guys. Blowing guys right out of the water. I mean, for the most part, it's it's fun to watch. And I, I think that there's big expectation for Dreisaitl this year now. Um, you know, knowing what he did last year, putting up 50 goals, putting up 100 points. I think that the Oilers, you know, are certainly a bit better of a hockey team this year. And I, I strongly believe that if they can get that continued, you know, success and continued offense from their depth players now, you know, that they do have the speed, that they do have the skill, um, it's going to be a big difference. That Pacific Division is wide open. I mean, you know, you look at uh, Edmonton and Anaheim being right up there 3-0 and to start the season. I mean, you know, San Jose 0-4. I, teams that you just don't expect to be down there. Um, it opens the door. It really does. Calgary, LA, slow starts out of the gate. Again, you get down too many points too early. Ask the Oilers. It ain't easy. It is not easy to get out of that hole. And I think if you're stuck in there early, it's it makes it even more you know difficult. Um, you know, shove it, Jordan from St. Louis, but. Uh, obviously, that's a bit of an anomaly, I think. So, again, super, super early in the year. I think it's uh, extremely exciting to see some of the teams performing the way that they are. Um, certainly a few unexpected performances, to say the very least. But, again, super exciting to head forward. A um, lot of really good matchups coming in. I love the end of the first month. Uh, usually the end of October, you can start to see where teams are at. Even before that, typically end of uh, you know Thanksgiving, um, you start to see where teams are at. You know, maybe not drastic decisions being made in the next couple of weeks, um, but you definitely know where teams are at, and uh, and it makes it exciting. It makes it very exciting. Um, you know, for the most part, I can really hope. Uh, you know, the Oilers can just continue their success uh, just to play for each other. I think it's been very tough on them the last few years, you know, understanding that they don't have that good of a team, that there are one or two players that do lead the team. Um, and just to have that, you know, confidence in the in the lower end, uh, the, the bottom six, so to speak, it's absolutely incredible. You need that to win hockey games, and, and you're starting to see that. Uh, and certainly the Oilers and more teams uh, are, are realizing that speed is a big, big difference in the league, uh, and, it, and it can be the difference between winning a game and not. Um, again, having said that, super, super early. Very excited to see where we go for the rest of the season, how things pan out. Um, I think that there's a lot of really good hockey ahead, and I think there's uh, a lot of teams that are going to you know, step it up and, and show us wrong. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. Until um, next time here, we're going to sign out. Go oil, go. Take care, comb your hair. Ciao.